0: Come on. Well, this is George G and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful David Langini. David, are you ready to do this?
1: I'm ready.
0: All right, let's go. David is the CEO of They're their organization helping home and business services companies scale on the Salesforce platform. David, excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work and why you do what you do.
1: So personal life, I live in an RV in Austin, Texas, after learning to escape Buffalo winter during the pandemic. And enjoying the absolute heck out of that, never thought I would live in an RV, but 110 square feet is actually kind of fun because you can make it a real mess in five minutes, but you can also clean it up in five minutes. Um, and that minimalism life has been really great for me. I'm currently at our company retreat in uh, Orlando, Florida, in a little self-contained unit with the team and really excited to spend the time there. But what we do is we implement Salesforce and help people organize and streamline and structure their business so that they can grow, focusing on home and business services. So anybody who visited your home, your office, landscaping, pool service, the people who bring snacks to your office if you're unfortunate enough to have had return to office happen to you. Um, But why I do it is pretty important in that there's a couple of things that I looked at in order to decide what to do with my life one is leveraged impact if you are thinking purely about money one of the things that you can think about is to say the amount of money that somebody can offer you in any sort of money-based society is how many people can you help how quickly can you help them and how large of a problem can you solve them solve for them with what i do call the inequality factor The inequality factor is how much money do they have to give you for that. That's why if you go help a bunch of people buy $50,000 homes, you don't earn as much as if you go help about the same amount of people buy $1.5 million homes. So that's an important factor in anything that you do, because if you look for things that you can do to support many people, then the more that you can earn while still providing that impact and leverage what you do, that's the difference making point in between saying, I'm a social worker that has a caseload of 50 people versus I can provide a self-improvement program for those same people at a reasonable price that can go out to thousands. That kind of leverage point in anything you do is an important point because if you can find something that you love to do, something that you enjoy to do and something that you're good at, but find a way to hit as many people as possible and then ratchet up the value, that's the full equation of what you can do. So I found myself at a point in college, actually, where I had heard many stories about technology in a class that I was like, I was in finance, economics, Chinese, I was studying everything. And I made that switch because I said, wow, I can make small changes and impact thousands of people in my day to day. And that has come true over the last years after I worked at small companies, large companies, corporate, then started my own company, is just the simple fact that right now things that I've designed and built are being used by hundreds of people, saving them 30 minutes an hour a day in continuity forever is a way for me to take something I'm good at and have the largest possible impact I can think of.
0: Nice. Well, that's a that is an exceptional answer to uh, to a simple question right there. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, David, I've I I on social media, uh, specifically Instagram, I follow like tiny houses and like people uh, living in vans. I'm like that is there's something very romantic and appealing about it to me, uh, but I did not actually do it.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I learned that there are upsides and downsides. The predominant downside is internet in the United States is not great. Mm. We tried to travel around the (laughs) Northeast for a bit um, and found out that there is a near 100% correlation in between places you want to be in an RV and places that do not have good enough internet for a Zoom call, no matter what you do and no matter what you buy. So I am in the unfortunate position of waiting on Elon Musk for Starlink. Mm. But until then, I am holed up in Austin, Texas at a wonderful RV park that probably shouldn't exist the way that that place has gotten more expensive, but I'm loving it.
0: Awesome. Well, I think that that's great. There's probably a whole second podcast there, so we'll we'll, we'll circle back.
1: Yeah. All
0: right. So I, I appreciate I appreciate the thoughtfulness on the leveraged impact on determining figuring out why it is you're doing what you're doing. Um, in terms of your actual work with Empodio, what what do people need to know about that?
1: Um, to be honest, unless you're within a pretty narrow niche, which is also something that's vital when we look at our core values which we define as being wholehearted which is truly accepting who you are where you are without self-judgment and being present which we consider the cornerstone of doing anything incredible in your life is you have to start there moving into mindfulness which is our centered piece of saying you need to be present of others emotions others thoughts others behavior which is vitally important to try to bridge the divide in between i have my team work with people who are in trucks all day diving in and out and we have to be the kind of person who can get ahead in our space and say like when you're building it someone's like oh this sounds good to me and i just have to be like that person's wearing gloves may not speak english well and those gloves may be dirty like mm-hmm. you have to think about every one of those components in what you do then moving into mission-based which this is why i wanted to be critical of and unless you run a home and business services firm we might not be a fit for you but that's one of the things that ties into both mission-based and impact focus that's next is you have to choose. Often you have people who are like, I want to make a difference in the world. I want to do this. And if you just want to make a difference, you're not really going to get very far. You have to try to find and narrow down and narrow down and narrow down because if you're too broad, you can't build something incredible and outstanding. And if you're only gonna be able to build something moderate and mediocre because you're trying to accommodate too many people, then you won't make an impact no matter where you are. So we actually started with a broader, like even we're gonna focus on field service. Then it narrowed down and narrowed down, narrowed down, narrowed down, down, narrowed down. And then we're like, okay, home services of sizes like 30 to 150 people within North America that fit allows us to say we know what these people want we know what they're doing we know what they care about we know what's going to help them and every single time we've narrowed down that niche we've been able to up our value proposition spend a little more time and hit really our last core value is strive to be outstanding we did that and i look at this a lot where one thing that i'd like to get across is you can come to the same conclusion by being selfish and not being selfish for Being selfish, you can say, where can I make the most money? Where can I do the best? Where can I do this? And you might narrow down and learn by paying attention to other people, but you're always following behind by following money. Or you can say, where with my talents and my skill sets can I make the most impact? And if you do that, you will logically follow the path of who's not being served? How are they not being served? Do they have a big enough problem? Is that problem solvable? is it solvable with my skill sets and talents? Is it solvable with current technology? And if so, you can narrow down and narrow down your efforts until you can have an outstanding impact.
0: Nice. How did you develop this this framework or become aware of it that you've just been describing?
1: So, I came up with probably the combinations of a grandfather who was an economics professor and a mother who's a social worker. Hmm. You put those two things together and synergies happen, which they do tend to say that the vast amount of innovations are people taking the idea from one field and moving it to the other. So when you have one person your entire life teaching you about compound interest and the other person teaching you about really understanding and empathizing and perspective taking for the kid in the class it was I have a clear example of when a kid was acting out in third grade and I got in the car and I'm like, that kid sucks. And she walked me through because she knew that that kid's parents were having a divorce and he's probably having an awful time. Mm -hmm. So having that kind of perspective together led me to say, how can I help? Who can I help? How much can I help them? Because I saw my mother being able to take only a certain caseload. And I saw economics trying to tie those things together. And then the person who found it way before me, because we're all standing on the shoulders of giants that finally clicked that people can look up is the Ikigai. The Ikigai is a Japanese concept of finding what you're you're going to do in the world by having a combination or a triangle, not quite a Venn diagram, because that's two, I think, but all three of what I like, what I'm good at, and what people or the market need and are willing to pay for once i saw that i was like that's what clicked i like technology i'm good at processes i like talking to people i can enjoy these things and i want to help in these areas and i think it's worthwhile to change the way we work in america and help people only do things that are worthwhile for humans to do and if technology can do it so they can spend more time doing things uniquely human i want to and then i found areas where it was underserved so that i could support
0: nice That'll make sense. <laughs> it's Ikigai.
1: Is that how you pronounce that? Yep. I-K-I-G-A-I. <laughs> that,
0: that's that, that's awesome. I wouldn't have been able to, because uh, I've seen the word and, and, yeah. and, and, and I've seen the diagram and I think it's incredible. I just, I, I wasn't aware of how it was pronounced. And then you went and just even spelled it for me. So I appreciate that. All right. So in terms of uh, if i am if I'm an organization and I'm thinking okay, i've i'm 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 a home service business, uh, and i'm i I think that I could benefit from this, but I don't know. Um, how 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 do you counsel them?
1: So I'd like to tell anybody who gets in the room with me and they get in the room with me by talking to Salesforce and kind of reaching out or they could reach out to me directly, I will not allow somebody to work with me unless I'm the best possible person. We work and we combine and we work with things on Salesforce. Salesforce is the most flexible system on the planet and is capable of anything. But that means that you have to have somebody who's really trying to take the reins of their business and design something great because we can design something simple. We can do this. But the point of Salesforce is it's kind of like a captain of your own ship, designer of your own destiny, being able to continually build and continually work through and continually do that. I come up with people who are just saying i just don't want to deal with this anymore and i'm like there's seven solutions on the market that aren't as good that aren't as capable that aren't as flexible but that you can just kind of get on and you can do that so if you're kind of fed up and you just want something to work for you i'm still not the fit Mm -hmm. but if you're saying hey i want to work within a framework i want to take best practices but i also want to be able to say hey that's a cool idea can we do that salesforce is the only place in the world where that's 99.8% of the time going to be yes. And they can reach out to me directly if you do happen to be listening.
0: That's a cool idea. Can we do that? Yeah, probably. Salesforce is this absolute spaceship that that, that allows you to do that. Or it is a black box of complexity that there's 0% chance you're going to get what you want out of it.
1: (laughs) And that depends because if you don't know what you want, it's kind of like people who are saying... I've met friends who it's like, oh, I'm trying to be in a relationship. It's like, well, what do you want? And they're just like vague out there. This like, If you don't know what you're looking for and what matters to you, you're going to have a bad time because it's a choose your own adventure. And somebody may be able to recommend some things to you, but if you don't know what you want, you're not going to get great things back. And I see that all the time with Salesforce and with other competitors, because Salesforce can do anything that just about anything else can do. But if you're like, I just want it to do things for me, it's like, then you really, it's almost if you've ever heard of the game, like Kerbal Space Program, where you're learning half of like astrophysics and building rockets. That's that. You're going to build a better rocket. But if you just wanted a rocket, go to the store and pick up something for 50 bucks that you can launch in the air. Those are kind of the comparisons and you gotta be willing to say it and still enthused about your business and what you're doing and how you wanna design it and how you think you could tweak things to be better because otherwise take something that somebody else built that's 70% of where you're at. And those are real cross comparisons because if you walk into like getting a Lego thing that you have to put together that you can make it look the way you want but you just wanted the thing pre-built, you're gonna have a hard time.
0: Yeah, that's a great metaphor. So, when somebody says, "Okay, I, I, I've I've got this already," or I'm trying to evaluate, what is what does an engagement typically look like with 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 you? What does that first conversation look like?
1: So, all of our clients come in through Salesforce. Uh, At this point, we work directly with them. Um, Somebody could reach out, and I'd find them their AE and piece it through because someone works with Salesforce to help them figure out the right mix of what they need, because Salesforce has 20 different licenses and different components at different levels to help you find that and negotiate with them. Um, But then we come in and ask you what it is you're looking for, what matters to you, what are the phases, piece that together so that we would then say, hey, we think it's going to take us three, four or five months, this amount of money to work together, to do a full discovery and design in which we take what we know, push and recommend it back to you, but to say, how are the unique things that you've done in your business? Are there any of them that you want to change? Have a map of how you want things to work, build it out, test it, train it, go live. And then often clients forget. But when you're buying Salesforce, it's configurable forever. So, we are always recommending and pushing them, but sometimes they end up working with us still because they don't want to. It's a distraction for them. You're going to, four years down the road, if you have Salesforce and you're doing it right, you're going to be going, hey, that's a really cool idea. When a tech goes into the job, we should send a text with this like three minutes beforehand to remind them that they're there and send a text to the customer so that they know that they're about to get a knock on the door before they do it. In Salesforce, you can do that. That's a simple thing that you can set up. And, or you can be like, hey, every time we get an invoice paid, we should send an email that says this, or if it's a large deal, like a gift card or this, each of those things are ideas that in Salesforce you can do and that you should be doing and innovating in order to work on, because you've got the tool that's the most configurable thing on the planet. It's like a modular home that you're choosing not to add modular attachments to
0: it's amazing right <clears throat> like literally if you can conceive it or dream it then you can you, you you can make that a reality
1: yep but if you wanted somebody else to dream for you you might have a hard time
0: yeah no and that, that definitely makes sense i mean that that i don't know that it demands or requires it but it, it demands that that you have somebody who is Process-oriented and driven, and and wanting to continually evolve and make everybody's experience better.
1: Yep, one hundred percent.
0: And uh, certainly, I, I appreciate that once somebody has it, that that they can let keep good going, or and or continually innovate. How 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 do you recommend that, that that just recommend people build this into maybe an existing planning structure if you're meeting on a weekly basis or quarterly or semi-annually kind of a thing? Take a, a, make an agenda item streamlining Salesforce.
1: Um, I think anytime somebody does that, they're looking at it the wrong way,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and. I feel like everybody on my team would joke about being at a bar and somebody saying, what do you do and trying for the life of them to explain Salesforce in a way that doesn't sound like corporate speak. But it enables people to have their business processes work and creates the structure around it. So you should never start with, how do we streamline Salesforce? Unless it was done wrong to start, We should you should start the same way you should in any business by following the process to say what part of the business really needs help today, because each part of a business is like the piece of a pump. Like if you're not getting enough leads, if your leads have a low response rate, if the sale, if people are not happy, if you're not delivering effectively, each of those are things that every business should be measuring at the very least on a weekly basis and have that information up to date. And if they have that information, then on that monthly, quarterly basis, they can be looking and saying, where does the business need help find out your ideas for what help it needs and if you're like we really should be doing x that's where salesforce comes in salesforce is the facilitated solution to solving your business problem salesforce in itself is not the solution where for my business if i was like wow we've got enough sales right now but we're improving operations i would then go to my delivery team and say okay, what would actually help? Are we losing our communication? Are we losing on this? Are we losing there? Find the solution, then build it into Salesforce from that perspective.
0: Love it. That makes sense. Well, David, the people are ready for that difference-making tip. What do you have for them?
1: I honestly just think, and you've probably heard this before, that everyone should meditate. Mm. And the reason I say this is simple. I actually had a friend who's, or a cousin who's a major addict and who was going back to rehab and she looked at me and she's like, oh, they always make me meditate. And she's like, David, I know you meditate. It's to relieve stress, right? I'm like, no, meditation is the ability to be present with yourself so that you can watch thoughts go by and realize that you are not your thoughts. And in the process of this, start to identify the stories that you are telling yourself and the beliefs that you have and be present with them and start to let them go so that you can have a greater facing of reality and a greater presence of the incredible world around you. And that to me is the universal meta skill that facilitates wholeheartedness, mindfulness, that starts to get to the point of saying, what am I doing with my life and having another crisis so that you can choose a mission, remind yourself as you're getting scared, be able to focus on impact so that you don't start to read emails again. And allow yourself to strive to be outstanding without that being a dangerous thing. It's a thing of saying, I'm on this planet. I'm doing this. I'm in this body. I want to do something great. And I think meditation is the universal kick to be able to do that.
0: Well, I think that that is great stuff. That definitely it's Come up. That is a, an excellent advocacy for meditation right there. Thank you. David, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage with you?
1: You can usually find me on LinkedIn at David Londini. That's where I post most things. If you have a question, if you reach out, you can find me at Impodio.io. At Just mention the show in the show notes and have a question there as well, and I'd be glad to support.
0: Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show David your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Find David on LinkedIn, where he's posting his thoughts and uh, shoot him a message. I'll list everything in the notes of the show. Thanks again, David. Thanks, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.